at Psalm 96. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people in his faithfulness. This is the word of the Lord. Well, thank you very much for your, <clears throat> your welcome. Um, we were very, I was carefully told that there is a dress code if I was to speak at, uh, at Christ Church, and I hope that I've met the requirements of the dress code. I'm actually feeling slightly overdressed now looking out at people. Um, there is a, a time requirement for what I'm going to say this morning, and I'll do my best to meet that as well. So just to, to bring you a sense of, of relief. Uh, Anne and I have been struggling this week with, uh, with a chest infection and, and a cough, so I may break off from time to time to have a brief paroxysm of coughing. Please don't worry, I will survive and the sermon will carry on, but feel free to cough during the sermon as well, and you have my sympathy uh, if you need to do that. Thank you. <laughs> Let's pray together, shall we? Lord, may the, the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And I pray that you would, by your Holy Spirit, open our eyes to behold marvelous things from out of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. On the 3rd of October... 2013, a boat carrying more than 500 refugees sank uh, near Lampedusa in Italy. And uh, many of those who uh, were drowned were trapped inside the boat. And among them was a, a young Eritrean woman who was, who was giving birth as the boat went down. As her waters broke, so the waters broke over her head. And uh, if I could have the next slide. Divers found the dead infant still attached to his mother by the umbilical cord in the drowned woman's clothing. And it was among, next slide please, among around 300 who died. And the diver who, who found the young mother and her child said, 
we all began to cry. My mask was full of tears. A tiny infant traveled that short distance into a world full of exploitation, violence, and selfishness and died because of it. A journalist who was moved by the story found her husband who had searched for her that night in the water and then was searching every ship that came into dock at Lampedusa. And the young man told the journalist that his wife's name was Joanna, or God is gracious. Is God really gracious? When we look at our world Sometimes it's hard to understand what is going on. Like the divers, our masks may also be frequently full of tears. And we want to ask the question, who is really in charge around here? Well, the psalm that was read for us just now so ably, it first appears in the Bible sung by King David. He was celebrating as the Ark of the Covenant, the symbol of the presence of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem. Israel's enemies had been defeated. The gods of the neighboring nations had been humiliated. The nation of the people of God is united. The king is a man after God's own heart, and Israel is entering into its golden age. And all nations are invited to celebrate the abundant blessings of God upon his chosen people. It feels like God is totally in charge. And sometimes that is our experience. Sometimes God's in his heaven and all is right with his world. That's what it feels like to us. But we all know that our world seems to be unstable a changeable place. For the Israelites, that was, that was true too, and Israel lost its way. It ended up with evil leaders. The nation underwent bitter division. The gods of surrounding nations seemed to be stronger than Yahweh as Israel's temple was destroyed by invasion. And Israel lost the promised land and went into exile. Faith faces the facts. And the Psalms express the full range of our real-life experiences. And if we had time, we could look back just a few uh, chapters to Psalm 88, a very dark psalm. And it refers to the terrible fall of Jerusalem and all that went on there, and the, 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 the people going into exile. And it ends with the stark words, you have taken from me, Lord, friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. And the only part of the book of Psalms are dominated by songs of lament, of pain, of confusion, sorrow, and anger. They're expressed in songs that that draw attention to what is wrong with the world, Songs which cry out to God to do something. And in contrast, following on from Psalm 88, Psalm 96 is part of a cluster of seven songs that are marked by the phrase, the Lord reigns, the Lord reigns. 
Why are these psalms put together in this way? Well, faith faces the facts about the reality of what is going on in our world. But faith also faces the facts about who God is in relation to that world. As the people of God, one of our most frequent temptations is to lose sight of the fact that our Lord reigns. And Psalms is a book of songs for those who are striving to be faithful to God and his word as they wait for the kingdom of God to fully come. They're songs for those of us who, as we've just prayed now, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as in heaven, even though the evidence may sometimes seem to be pointing in a very different direction. And as we look at the psalm this morning, if I could have the next slide, just a, a few things that I want to, to bring out for, for us um, to sing to the Lord, to ascribe to the Lord, and then to speak of the Lord. Firstly, sing to the Lord our, our feelings. The, the son of an Anglican minister, John Wesley, became a minister himself, studying at Oxford, and he was a very devoted and serious and generous man. And actually, Wesley, he gave up university, and he went as a missionary to North American Indians. But three years later, he returned to England depressed and beaten. He wrote in his journal... I went to convert the Indians of North America, but oh, who will convert me? Wesley went as a missionary without being converted himself. He tried to teach others to sing to the Lord, but he didn't know what it was to sing to the Lord himself. And on May the 24th, 1738, he very reluctantly went to a small meeting in Aldersgate Street in London, and I looked it up on, on Google Maps yesterday. It's only about four miles away from here. And uh, Wesley wrote afterwards about that meeting, about a quarter before nine, while the preacher was describing the change wrought by God in the heart by faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust Christ, Christ alone for salvation, and an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. Next slide, please. There he is. That, that must have been before his heart was strangely warmed, that picture, not, not after his heart was strangely warmed. But John Wesley, his heart was strangely warmed. And when we come to know God, to truly know God, it brings renewal to our emotions. Music and song marks Christians as those, as a people, that can sing songs both of lament and of praise. Of course, some of us may struggle to sing, 
where we can all make a joyful noise. And we're not only to sing to the Lord, but we are commanded to sing a new song. And I don't think that the psalmist meant that we're only meant to keep up with the latest in musical trends. Not long ago, next slide, we, uh, we heard thousands of Christians belt out Matt Redman's song, 10,000 Reasons, at the Keswick Convention in, uh, in the Lake District. It can be very easy to sing that kind of song in beautiful surroundings with many believers. It's a wonderful thing to be able to do. But just after that, and some of you may have seen the story yourself, Anna and I were watching the news and we saw the story of a 22-year-old physicist, Reuben Hill, studying lasers at Imperial College. He'd been found unconscious on the floor of his room. And Reuben underwent, after being diagnosed with a tumor in a very sensitive area of his brain controlling speech, he underwent pioneering surgery. Next slide, please. Where lasers were being used to identify cancerous cells. And unusually, in the surgery, Reuben was kept awake, and he was asked by the surgeons to sing. So they knew they were not removing healthy tissue. Now, what would you choose to sing in those very demanding circumstances while you were having brain surgery? And Reuben croaked out with a national audience, Redmond's song. The sun comes up. It's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O my soul, worship his holy name. And Reuben was learning to sing in new circumstances, circumstances that he did not expect to encounter, but continuing to express the hope that God gives as well as the desire to worship that believers have. And as we experience those new seasons of life, as we experience new circumstances, so we learn to sing to the Lord in new ways. As the mercies of God are new every morning, is our song new every morning to us? We sing in fresh ways as we understand more of God's work in our world as the years go by. Well, Wesley was a preacher. He was a Bible scholar. He was a missionary. He was a worker among the poor, all before he came to faith. Having failed to persuade others to sing to the Lord, he realized he needed to learn to sing first. And then Having discovered that strange warmth of God's reconciling grace, he then wanted others to discover it too. And Wesley went on to preach thousands of times. He traveled a quarter of a million miles on horseback to declare that the Lord reigns, to declare that God was good, 
to declare the salvation of God. And the psalmist is saying the same thing. Sing to the Lord all the earth, all peoples everywhere. Now, if this was a songbook for the Jewish people, how can all the earth sing? Israel sang to the Lord themselves, but then were commanded to declare God's glory among the nations. And like Israel, Christians are to do the same. Declaring God's glory enables others to join us in singing. And if you look at verse 3, we, uh, we see the, the word nations there. And, and we need to be careful with that word nations because we shouldn't necessarily think of nations like Germany or Zimbabwe or Brazil But we need to think about people groups that share a common language, culture, history, and religion that identify themselves in that way as different to other peoples around them. This region of the world, if if I could have the next slide, between 10 degrees and 40 degrees north of the equator, is known as the 1040 window, and many of you will have heard of this. Around two-thirds of the world's population lives there. In the 1040 window live 95% of the world's unreached people groups, but only 3% of the world's missionaries are working among them. These are people that have not yet been given an opportunity to sing a new song to the Lord. All these people groups are to have, this is the command of God, to have God's glory declared among them. Songs of praise to the one true God must be heard in new places, languages, and cultures that are reflected on the map behind me. And then the musical traditions of those cultures will make their unique contribution to what will one day be a worldwide hymn of praise to the Lord of this world. Sixteen years ago, I was uh, doing medical work among the the Penang. Um, I traveled up into the uh, the northeast of Cambodia, they're a despised, uh, neglected, overlooked people group that are hidden in the mountains of northeastern Cambodia. In fact, the, the name that they have, Phnong, in the Khmer language means barbarian. I was amongst the barbarians, those considered uncivilized, uncultured, and barbarians by the, the Khmer. And it was very difficult, very poor people, and I remember standing with tears in my eyes in a village in the mountains in northeastern Cambodia and saying, Lord, where are you? Where are you? What are you doing about this people? I prayed very faithlessly. Well, six months ago, next slide, a friend now working amongst this people group sent me a slide, and and here are Penang believers, they've come to know the Lord Jesus. They are celebrating the translation of the New Testament into the Penang language. Next slide. And welcoming the New Testament in their own language 
into the church that has come into being among the Penang people. And today, in Cambodia, songs will be sung in Penang to the glory of the God of Israel. A new song being sung that has never been heard before in the history of the world is now being sung in the Penang language, and we praise God for that. Then secondly, next slide, ascribe to the Lord our thinking. And to ascribe to the Lord is to credit the character of God with certain qualities in our minds. The psalmist gives us a picture of who God is. He does this so that when we sing his name, the pictures that come to our minds match with the reality of who God is. We're not singing to a God that we're making up or making in our own image. We're singing increasingly to a God as we understand him, as revealed to us in the word of God. And understanding who God is from his word will enrich and deepen our, our singing about him. And the psalmist says that God is glorious, he is strong, he is righteous, he is truthful, and he is completely in charge. And look at verse 5. Here are some words of breathtaking political incorrectness. The gods of other nations, they are not worthy of praise. They are not great. They are not to be sung about. In contrast to the Hebrew God, who is now our God, they do not have splendor, majesty, strength, or beauty. And verse 5 could be restated, they are not mighty beings, but they are mighty worthless. This is not an excuse for racism. We recognize that all men and women of every nation are made in the image of God. This is not an excuse for cultural arrogance. We see that all cultures everywhere are judged by the standards of God. But the psalmist is saying, you want to make gods of what is in the heavens. That was what was going on around him at the time. You want to worship the sun, the moon, and the stars. But we know the God who made everything that is in the heavens. Don't worship the gifts in creation. Discover and worship the giver, the creator. Our God is splendid, majestic, powerful, and beautiful. And so next slide. The atheistic thinking of Vietnam, Laos, and China is challenged because the unseen God made all things and maintains all things. Next slide, the dualistic thinking of Taoism, so common in East Asia, equal, opposite, struggle between good and evil, light and dark, is challenged. God is far greater than any power of evil. There is no equal contest between good and evil. The next slide, the animistic thinking, the worship of ancestral spirits, of integrating the members of your family who have died into the pantheon of ancestral spirits that are gathered around your home is challenged. There is one God, not many gods, in some kind of cosmic family tree. 
And then the next slide, the pantheistic thinking of Mahayana Buddhism, this idea of eventually becoming a group soul, of, of, of everything merging into one, is challenged. It's not that all things, including God, are just one substance, ultimately. God is the creator. God is separate from and will return to in fullness to his creation one day. And then next slide, as we read this psalm through Christian eyes, we see that the salvation that God offers has come in the person of Jesus Christ, and that is a challenge for the Islamic thinking of Indonesia, of China, of Malaysia, and Thailand. God's people are to sing to the Lord in good times or bad. And our singing is based on reality. It's based on thinking about God as he actually is. And then finally, God's people have a responsibility, a responsibility to speak of the Lord I need to confess that um, we really love to watch TV dramas, especially crime drama. And I wonder if you two like to watch the police in action, catching the bad guys, or, uh, or a dramatic uh, courtroom movie unfolding. And uh, I don't know about you, but for Anna and I, there's something very wonderful, something that says, yes in us, when we see justice done, when we see what is right prevail. And the psalmist tells us that it's, it's not just people, but it's actually the whole of creation that feels that way. The psalm ends with this marvelous picture of creation celebrating from verse 10 onwards. And let me read it and paraphrase. Let's hear it from the sky with earth joining in and a huge round of applause from the sea. Let wilderness turn cartwheels, animals come dance, put every tree of the forest in the choir. An extravaganza before God as he comes, as he comes to set everything right on earth, to set everything right and to treat everyone fair. Why the celebration? Because God is going to return as judge to set everything right. Creation has been under a curse, we're told, since the disobedience of Adam and Eve. And Paul tells us that all of creation is groaning. The created world is is longing for its Lord and Master to return and to take full command. And God has promised to bring this evil age to a close. He will restore, next slide, his creation to goodness. And God will do more than deliver us temporarily from evil. God will end the power of evil and lead justice to victory. All abuse of justice will be put right. And that is something the psalmist says to celebrate, something that we can look forward to. We do want to see, don't we, the the judgment of war criminals, of fraudsters, of abusers, 
of bullies. Very often we want to see the judgment of our neighbors. But it's not just extreme behavior that God will judge. Verse 10, he, judge, he will judge the peoples in his fullness. He will judge the peoples with equity.